welcome to this podcast series on neo-charismatic leadership with author, leadership expert and coach, Dr. Gada Angawi and executive leader, Martin Headley, where they will both explore the recently published book, Neo-Charismatic Leadership and the coaching topics it covers. Martin, we have discussed role number one in the first stage, the search for opportunity in the last episode, which is assessing the environment. We were so focused on organizations and leaders at strategic level, but we promised our listeners that new charismatic leadership is applicable to different leadership levels, including entrepreneurs, team leaders, social leaders. I would like this episode to shed the light on this role in relation to other leaders in various fields and different levels. Yes, Rada, good. I'm glad we have the opportunity to do this now. Um, as I've mentioned uh, a couple of times in the past, you know, I find that with all of the problems in, around the world, everybody has to step up to be a leader. So in order to be able to let them do that, we've, we've got to address not just the big organizational leader, but uh, <clears throat> the man or the woman in the street, frankly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've worked in very large organizations, but I've also run a couple of uh, startup companies. And, you know, when you think about um, entrepreneurialism and uh, even outside companies come to think of it, including some charities, um, they all have to start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And so that entrepreneurial spirit drives the, um, drives the opportunity and builds a following, which eventually becomes an organization. Yeah. So how do we create individuals that feel comfortable enough to just go out and share their expertise and their vision? and gain yeah. followers that's what we'd like to yes that's what i'd like to see and i think that's where we need to go today yep. you know how can this role be applied to them yes so assessing the environment role is not solely for strategic leadership it's also for individuals working in different fields at different levels and i think there is three main prerequisites again that applies to every individual who wants to be a leader or who is in a leadership position self-awareness, vision, and empathy. And it's really uh, important that an individual have these three prerequisites in place before they start building a team or going out there and, and trying to deliver a message, whether it's a social movement or maybe just an influencing message on social media. What they need to do is have a good assessment of what it is like for them to be there and who are their competitors and what the market is demanding, who are their clients, who's going to listen to them. Before you putting your idea out there in a startup, slow down your impulses. Do not take every opportunity. There will be plenty of them. Stop and do your research. It's painful. It takes time. You might want to go take a training course or you might want to follow someone who has some expertise in the field. Trial and error and small scale ventures. First, get something right before you upscale. Yes, that's that's certainly the right way to do it. My experience has taught me that, you know, and let me give you a bit of a background. I have the attention span of a golden retriever sometimes. So I tend to get onto the new shiny object and, and just run with it. But 
what I have learned is, you know, you can stand up in front of a group of people and say something great like, I'm going to solve world hunger, who's with me? And mm. you'll have a pretty good group that sign up and say, yeah, I'm with that. You know, what do we do? And then when they realize that you don't have a plan, half of them will disappear. And then within a few weeks, when they realize you don't have any ability to deliver, um, the rest of them will disappear. Yeah. So you'll be basically not leading because everybody's left. So <clears throat> how do you how do you bridge that massive gap between you're going to solve word hunger to nothing? And I think what you're saying is that people who want to start a new idea um, do need to do some research, but they've got to balance this. Okay, you don't want it to take so long that everybody gets into research paralysis and mm -hmm. actually achieves nothing. Um, so what the leader has to do is to watch the team as they grow. So if I went out there and I said, I have this really big vision, I want to achieve this. And 10 people say, yes, that is really good. I'd like to be with you. And then within a few days, you can share with them a sort of roadmap of how you're going to get there. Then they're going to say, okay, this is credible. Yeah, I can, I've got some skills that will help, you know, uh, project A. Somebody else has skills that help project B. And then what the leader is doing is looking at all of this and saying, okay, I've got 85% of my skills covered. There's another 15% I need. So I've got to go out and find those people. Similarly, I've got to make sure that I've done a reasonable amount of research and that I know what's missing. So I don't have to learn how to fix that today. I just have to know that it's missing mm -hmm. because as you progress, as you become a leader and others are supporting you and providing you information and feedback, you will realize, ah, now's the time. I really do need to step aside and learn this. I can't put it off any longer. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that it's got to be done. And so, you know, it, one of the things that um, I, I hate in um, any startup group, again, whether it's charity or business, it doesn't make any difference. Um, you find after about six to nine months that somebody not two miles down the road is doing exactly the same thing and they've got their own group. <laughs> and of course, they've already got their own group cultures and they don't particularly want to merge. And so, again, the fizzle goes out of both and what really would have been good is if those two leaders had actually done their research mm -hmm. and just asked a few questions and find out who's around, who's doing this yeah. and say, oh, well, I've got a plan for this. You've got a plan for that. They, they overlap some, but there's different ideas here. Perhaps we can put that together. You know, that's the value of research, being aware of who's around you and in the early stages, can they help you? Yes. And I have one more thing to add. How are you going to add value to the work that they're doing? How are you going to differentiate yourself? What is it that you will bring differently that will make it stand out? The whole idea of, of what you're trying to do. Yes. Oh, I, I think it's that that's very important. I mean, that is what the leader does, isn't it? The, the leader is looking at the individuals in the group and seeing what they're achieving or what they're not achieving and it's helping them. So they're saying, well, you know, if you, uh, I don't know, let's say they're putting a website together and they say, well, if you speak to so-and-so, she can help you with how to do this web page. Okay. That's, that's an easy thing. And the individual on the team will be happy to go and do that. 
if one condition is met. And that is that the leader is also recognizing those things where they have a shortage of knowledge and they are themselves going out to fill that knowledge gap. When I know the leader is going to fill their own knowledge gap, then I'm quite happy to go out and and fill my knowledge gap that the leader pointed out to me. So what the leader is actually doing here is not the same thing as the individuals, because that could basically disempower them, couldn't it? What they're doing is they're looking to encourage. They are looking to um, to read a little bit more, to sound a little bit more knowledgeable. Um, and, you know, if that requires consulting, coaching, learning, or just research on the internet, it doesn't matter when the leader goes back to that individual and says, well, I found this out. And so now we know a little bit more that individual is far more likely to respond to um, feedback in a positive way. Yeah. So you're talking about being a role model for the other individuals around the leader, making an example of how you are going to grow yourself. Meanwhile, uh, proposing to them the idea, the vision. And in the same time, you're actually influencing their behavior. So you are actually being a leader before even the project started, before even everything else, just by the act of interacting with others and bringing them in into your idea and the vision. Speaking of assessing the environment, what does that mean in terms of an individual contributor or an entrepreneur or a simple team about to do a startup? How, how do you do that? How, how do you start? A very good question there, because that is the piece that stops many people from even trying to be leaders. Um, they don't know what it takes to start. Well, it doesn't take a lot. Um, if it's a business, then yes, you will need a business plan because at some point you're going to have to uh, either get money from a bank or, or from investors. Um, so you better have a pretty solid business plan, which shows some kind of return on on investment. If it's not a business, let's say it's a charitable thing or a community-related endeavor, uh, or even just a group of friends getting together to um, achieve something special, like, for example, um, you know, rowing across the Atlantic. That takes a team. Mm -hmm. Um, There has to be some kind of a plan which says, this is where I am, this is where where I've got to get to, Here are the major things I need to achieve to get from A to B. Then the question becomes, well, have I got it all figured out? Um, The answer, of course, is always no, because nobody can ever figure it all out. Mm -hmm. Um, What we do have to do is say, but, you know, let's have a quick look around the landscape to see who might be competing with us or who might be trying to do the same thing. Okay. Um, The next thing is to look at the... um, sometimes the geographical environment you know what what is that what role is the the geography of a place going to um have you know how easy is it to transport things yeah Uh, how easy is it to communicate with others in the team those those sort of things um and then you want to look at who might try and stop you from doing this wonderful thing there's you know just because you have a great idea doesn't mean that others all automatically agree it's a great idea so so there is that and then finally you know what reasonable risks are you likely to face so obviously if you're working on a project 
outdoors in the southern states of the US, like Alabama or Louisiana, for example, in September, and you're not planning for the possibility of a hurricane, that's pretty silly because one will come <laughs> and it's just a matter of time. Uh, similarly, you know, if you're working in the mountains, uh, say of, of Oman, um, you know, communications along the roadways are excellent, but what you don't have to go very far from the road and, and you can't communicate. So if you're building something out there, um, how are you going to get messages quickly through to the people that are, that are working your project? Yeah. You know, these are the sort of risks and, um, they'll all be specific to what you're trying to do. But the fact is you will never know all the competitors until you start. You will never know all the risks until one materializes. And of course, half of the assumptions that you make are probably wrong. Yeah. That's why they're assumptions. Yes. So this brings us to the idea of continuous evaluation, continuous assessment. And this is just not for only organizations, but also for individuals. So yes, individuals need to plan. They need to have a strategy. They need to have a strategic plan or a business plan in place, depending on where they're going with their uh, initiative. But this all sounds like overwhelming for some people. And the answer to that is you have to invest in supportive environment for yourself. You have to surround yourself with a group of entrepreneurs who have been through different issues and different challenges. You have to hire a coach, business coach, leadership coach. Uh, you have to hire a business consultant that will walk you through the process from the beginning to the end. Um, if you can get free services, like in the USA, sometimes uh, you have some organizations that offer free seminars, free. Some universities as well, they have uh, support for small businesses. Go ahead and take that. Nevertheless, it's not going to happen just by you sitting there and writing your vision and surrounding yourself with a group of people and say, hey, let's do that. It's not as simple as that. Um, uh, the world is complicated, but... If you have enough determination to pursue your goal, you will eventually arrive there because that's all what it requires, your intrinsic motivation, your belief in what you have yes. and what you can offer to the world. It will. It will. And what, what amuses me um, with my um, business experience, for example, is how we go to great lengths to teach people about continuous quality improvement or process improvement. Companies spend a tremendous amount of money making sure that everybody knows how to make the procedures that they're involved with a little bit easier and a little bit simpler all of the time so that you cut costs and with a straightforward model. And yet at the same time, we teach or we do strategy as if it's a once every year thing or a once every three year things. Um, strategy, the planning of it, you only do really once until it changes dramatically. And then all you're doing is checking off the boxes as you're going through your plan saying, oh, this works, this didn't work, this worked, this didn't work. And hopefully making adjustments. But this is where many companies fall down. So, you know, there aren't that many role models out there for our individual entrepreneurs who want to do it for themselves. Okay. Understand that probably just over or just under, I should say, 
probably just under one half of all the assumptions you made in your strategy will either be a little bit off base or possibly completely wrong. So it would be silly not to go back and say, gosh, what have we learned in the last three months? What have we learned in the last six months? Is this strategy viable anymore? If it's not, then just eliminate it or come up with another strategy. I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had to change direction, particularly with an entrepreneurial company, because you go out to the market and you try something and, uh, you know, the market says, we love it. It's a great idea. We would love to adopt that technology or software or whatever it happened to be. But then they say, but it's got to go through all these regulatory hoops. Um, it has got to pass certain uh, criteria. And then, of course, you have to be added on to this organization's vendor list. That can be a three to four year project. And you say, oh, OK, well, we've got a product that works right here. But between a product that works <laughs> and a customer actually being able to buy it is a little period of four years, which is going to be very costly. So, you know, th this is something. And of course, you, I suppose you could predict a lot of that. But, you know, there there are many, many quite high priced consultants out there that help companies understand regulatory process and things like that. And even they will tell you at the best of times, we will try and get you as close as possible to a clean audit the first time, but we can't guarantee it. So even those that do this day in and day out can't guarantee on the results. So as a, as a new leader, we've got to say, I welcome feedback, which tells me it's not working because I need to uh, go back and, and adjust the plan. And then when the people see you actually adjusting the plan in response to feedback, they believe in you. Your integrity has gone up and they learn. We have so far discussed the three scenarios in the first stage, the search for opportunity, the strategic level, the team leadership and individual uh, entrepreneurs. And yes, Coaching is important. It will help you see through all these mazes, find your way and adjust yourself. New charismatic leadership is about exploration, learning, and the willingness to persevere and continue to take the challenge. So until we meet next time, this is the end of our episode. Thank you very much for listening to us. Thank you, Martin. Yes, thank you. Garda and Martin, hope you enjoyed this episode. There is more information available at neocharismaticleadership.org. And if you would like to discuss coaching or training for yourself or your team, you can contact Garda and Martin through the website. We look forward to your participation next week. Until then, goodbye.